Good morning, Shannon. Good morning, Julie. Welcome to our second episode chapter of the Love Girl Talk podcast, where we celebrate women and our worth, and we explore all the Girl Talk topics. I am like so stoked for episode two, chapter two. I'm so excited to be here again. (laughs) Me too. If you all are tuning in for the second time, we really hope you had a great week working on the challenges that we left you with, writing your letters, having some deep conversations on Zoom, and the corona cleaning with pride. Shannon, how many letters were you able to crank out last week? Countless. No, it's Mm -hmm. just honestly, I don't remember how many, (laughs) but I think I did like Maybe four or six. On top of it, I did waddle my way to the post office and sent a package. I like never do that, but I sent a package to my goddaughter who lives in New Hampshire. Confession, it was her Christmas present. So I am four months late, but (laughs) it happened, right? So all good things. But what about you? I heard you had a cute little Zoom call, saw some of the photos. I know my nieces wanted to teach us how to bake. So they're baking a, um, a citrus cake. And so they taught us over Zoom and it was the sweetest thing. Um, but don't worry about the, the late Christmas gift. I'm still sending all my friends their uh, year later wedding gifts. So <laughs> if you got married this year, you will be receiving your gift from me in the mail, hopefully very soon. There you go. That's so cute with the citrus cake. What a like good idea to like spice up the Zoom call too, you know, and also cool that it like, uh, yeah, funny. <laughs> also very cool that it kind of connects to hospitality and what we were talking about last week, you know, with making your home nice and warm and smell good and, you know, the connection between family members, regardless of if it's coast to part. Yeah, so true. It, it really was super sweet and I hope to do more. And, and you're right. We were talking about connection last week and how hospitality leads to connection. And so I thought we could keep talking about our Girl Talk pillars. So first we started with hospitality and and today we get to talk about our fave, <laughs> vulnerability. LOL. <laughs> I feel like even after doing Girl Talk for so many years and vulnerability literally being at like the crux of what we do, every time I hear that word, my stomach flips and my like walls of sense self-defense go up and I just immediately like start thinking like, no, 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 you're asking too much here. You're asking too much. (laughs) It's so true. And before we really get into vulnerability, I just want to ask you, Shannon, do you remember uh, our Girl Tech retreat a couple years ago when Kiana and I flew into the room with our 80s hair and headbands and, and sang our little song, let's get vulnerable, vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, the whole entire audience roar with appreciation. <laughs> we loved it. Joking. Shannon Crazy. hated it. Oh, my God. But anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up because, once again, we're talking about how important vulnerability is. But I hear you. I think I think the self-defense and, and thinking this is too much um, is so true. And I think vulnerability is something that we really fear mostly because so many of us see it as showing weakness, right? And I think we avoid it because it means showing our true selves, which includes our shame, our guilt, the wounds that we have. Yeah, I think that, you know, when I personally reflect on vulnerability, I think this is not a glamorous thing. It's when I think about putting myself in a vulnerable situation, I think in that moment I could be played, I could be taken advantage of, 
or I could just be hurt. And again, even in this moment, like my gut reaction is to put up that wall of defense and not necessarily run towards an invitation to share, which is what vulnerability actually is, you know? Right. Well, even on Google, if, if you Google it, the definition comes up for vulnerability as the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically oh. or emotionally. I mean, that's not really something we want to run to necessarily. Right. So, okay. So then why are we all about it? Why is this our second Girl Talk pillar? Why does vulnerability mean so much to us? I mean, last time we talked, we talked about really being seen by another person. And I think that's what vulnerability allows. Um, it's, it's the key to connection, right? It's the one thing we won't let our Girl Talk girls get away from. We, we always emphasize vulnerability and, and how it's really the key that unlocks this connection. So I want to share one of my favorite quotes on vulnerability. Hold on, hold on. Um, <laughs> is this about to be uh, the book reading of C.S. Lewis, aka Girl. the longest quote of all time? Listen, it is only a paragraph long, and everyone, yourself included, can just sip on their coffee while I read. Okay, so relax. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, okay, okay. This is vulnerability about vulnerability by C.S. Lewis. To love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it up carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken, it will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love it all is to be vulnerable. I feel called out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a long quote, but I will say like hearing that gets me every time, you know, and like just earlier in this conversation, I was saying one of the reasons I'm so scared to be vulnerable is I'm afraid of being seen or hurt, taken advantage of. And I feel like he is directly speaking to my fear that takes over when I consider doing something brave or letting somebody in or even considering sharing something that may be deeper than surface level. Totally. Totally. I mean, it is. It's it's scary. And and that's why I just think his quote is so powerful, right? I think it speaks you can see people posting it on their Facebook pages and different things all the time because I think it just speaks to everyone. It's so powerful. And the line that that immediately stands out to me is right at the beginning when he says, love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. So this makes me think of, you know, a really significant relationship in my life. You know this, you know, and during my senior year of college, I fell in love. I fell in love and it was so innocent and sweet. Um, and this guy that I dated for, for almost two years, you know, um, the first night I met him, first night I met him, I, I knew that he was the man I was going to marry. <laughs> um, the moment he told me about his nephews and nieces out in California and, and how much he loved them and how he couldn't wait to go see them and spend time with them, I just thought, wow, like this is a man who, 
who can understand my heart. You know, there are my nieces and nephews out in California and I can't wait to go bake with them and, and make more cakes and play. And, and I just knew that he could understand my heart. Even the first time, I mean, I remember holding hands with him for the very first time and it just, it was so sweet. Like it was such a thrill, even just that sweet innocence. I loved his steadiness, his kindness, his sense of humor. He was so sarcastic and I loved it. (laughs) I loved how we were both late to everything. Our friends did not like that, but we thought it was funny. Things that I've worked on in my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or still working on. Have you? Have you? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Don't worry. But it was it was wonderful to be young and in love and and share such beautiful vulnerable moments together. But you know, of course, as as C.S. Lewis says, love anything and and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. And and I didn't marry that man. You know, we had such a beautiful love, um, and because it was such a great love, it was also such a great quote unquote breakup. You know, even a, a few months before we did break up, we we started fighting. We would fight almost every day and every night. And and it was it was so tumultuous and it was probably one of the hardest things I ever went through in my life. And here was a guy who who we both told each other how much we loved each other and you know and, and we were planning a future together and and yet at the same time I I never really quite felt enough for him. And that was something that always was kind of like underlying throughout the surface. And regardless of how much I cared for him, I felt like I was always trying to prove my worth. And do you remember that night, Shannon, when we, when we rode up on the wall and we were trying to figure out all our girl talk, you know, slogans and pillars and everything. And we, we finally Mm -hmm. came up with that phrase that we use now all the time. And we put up on the wall in purple pen, scribbled on the bottom, bottom of the paper, you are enough, you are worthy, you are loved. And, uh, and I remember just staring at that thinking, oh my gosh, like, this is something that I'm teaching and preaching. And I don't even know if the man that I'm planning on marrying sees this in me. And so, you know, needless to say, it was just, it was so hard when we finally did break up because how much I did love him. And so, yeah. So, I mean, thinking about that quote, I think, I think this is why so many people are afraid to be vulnerable, right? Like I loved him and then it didn't have that typical happy ending, right? I, my heart was wrong. It was broken. And so we're afraid of being broken. Who wants that? And so, so that's something that I, I think about when I hear You know, when we read the C.S. Lewis quote, you know, romantic relationships, even friendships, you know, anytime our expectations fail, it's, it's the hardest thing to be vulnerable again. Right. And Julie, like even thinking that through and saying that out loud is vulnerable in itself, right? It's not comfortable to do. (laughs) And I don't know, it just makes me think like, what and when did you feel most vulnerable? Like, was it the falling in love? Was it the falling out of love? Like, when did you feel most raw and exposed? Oh, all of it. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I think, I think I felt truly vulnerable when I actually allowed myself to grieve. And I was really trying to resist that for a long time. You know, I remember walking on the beach uh, with a friend. We were at a friend's bachelorette party 
we're up in, in New York in the Hamptons and it was all really beautiful. And this was probably, I don't know, a few months, maybe six months after we had broken up. And I was walking on the beach with my friend and we're just talking and she's like, so Julie, how are you? How, how's your heart? I know you've been through kind of a rough time over the last couple months. And, and I replied so confidently, Shannon, I was like, Oh no, I'm fine. Like I'm great. I'm <laughs> of course totally you did. <laughs> Don't worry about me. And and I wasn't just saying that to convince her. I'd convinced myself, right? I was thinking I was totally fine. There was no need to be vulnerable. Yeah. And and I'm so grateful for her response to me. You know, she she said, "Truly, you you need to allow yourself time to heal. It's it's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be upset. It's okay and necessary to grieve." And I think, I think it even took me that time. Like it, it wasn't really until that summer that I, that I did allow my heart to break, that I did allow myself to cry, that I did let myself open up again to friends and actually share what really happened in our relationship. What, what hurt me the most, you know, I was trying so hard to just keep it all together and, and, and look and play the part of I'm fine. And here I am as this, you know, put together woman when the reality was that I was really hurting. And I, so I, to answer your question, I think, I think the vulnerability came, came even after, after the relationship itself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that like after your breakup, you're still avoiding being vulnerable and that's exactly (laughs) what you needed, you know, like, and I think it's really interesting that, you know, we learn so much about something when we don't have it. And mm-hmm. Brene Brown, oh my gosh, <laughs> best woman in the world, aka like vulnerability, extraordinaire, <laughs> social worker, TED talker, just want to be her. Um, she says this really interesting thing that, you know, when you ask somebody to share a story about a specific topic, they often share a story that doesn't have that topic in it. So for example, like you ask somebody to share a story about connection, they'll tell you a story about disconnection or you tell somebody, share me a share story with me about love. They'll tell you about a time where they didn't have love. They're falling out of love. Um, and I think that's just such a powerful like lens to look through because you're in those moments, you feel that void or you don't have it but you learn so much about it when you don't have it or when you're fighting it or avoiding it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's that struggle. It's the struggle with the love or the disconnection or the connection that really, uh, really makes us feel it and emphasize it. Yeah, for Um, sure. Yeah. What about you? What about you, Shannon? What, what part, if any, of your favorite C.S. Lewis quote, uh, what part stands out to you? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's just, you know, the way you read it with that sassy little voice or if it's really my favorite, but I did really like it. Uh, the line that he says, lock it up safe and a casket or coffin of your selfishness. I love a good ounce of accountability. And that was my <laughs> ounce of accountability today. Yeah. I just think for me, that really brings to light that vulnerability is not just about us. It's not just about me. It's about those around us too, the people who we love and care for us and saying no to sharing and saying no to exposing how I feel is not only a detriment to myself and my own mental health and my own 
heart happiness, <laughs> but it's also saying no to connection. And it's saying no to somebody who's trying to love you. And it's just saying no to any possible healing or hope. When I reflect on that coffin of self- selfishness, I think back to a very recent history of struggling with anxiety because I had the approach of avoiding vulnerability. I started from a very broken area, slowly introduced vulnerability, and then somehow came out with like a little sense of healing. You know, just under two years ago, I started to see my behavior change in little ways. I would be just super emotional during certain parts of the months. I was always on edge, little things would set me off and I was always looking for the next fight, you know? Mm -hmm. And as a woman, I was like, oh, this is totally related to my cycle. And as a healthcare professional, I was like, oh, well, I have a colleague who I could talk to about that. Like, let me schedule an appointment. Long story short, it's not my cycle. And those symptoms continued, you know, the fights would keep coming. And then they kind of got to the point where I was walking down the street and I would hear a car honk its horn. And it just like caught me off guard because I was so, you know, ready to bounce. (laughs) And like that honk would change the rest of my day. The thing that was amazing to me is I could handle so much stress at work. As a nurse, you're in a 14 hour shift with nothing but stress, you know, (laughs) and a mom would tell me my baby isn't breathing. And I'm like, oh, got it. I have another mom say like, oh yeah, my kid's been seizing for two minutes. I don't know what to do. It's like, it's okay. We can get through this. But finding the directions to a new place would set me through the roof Hmm. or asking me to process with a busy day outside of work. I couldn't handle it. Hmm. I knew this was an issue. And then after like about a year of all those things, I had my first ever anxiety attack. And that's when it really hit me. This is something, and this is something that can't be ignored. You know that feeling, Julie, when you like cry and (laughs) I know, you know, that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. Tell me. Like, yeah. When you're like red and puffy and you're feeling your face and you're like, oh my gosh, it must be three times the size that it really is. And then you go and look in the mirror and it's like, oh, it's kind of pink. I feel like that's <laughs> what an anxiety attack is yeah. like. I feel like every single part of you is red and huge and puffy and inflamed. And your head is huge because you have so many thoughts going through your brain. Your heart is huge because you have so many feelings and you feel enormous and you feel like everybody around you should know what you're going through. But in those moments, I'm not communicating anything. And in those moments, like I'm not using my words. I'm just incredibly lonely with like that struggle, you know, and I needed an antidote, you know, I needed something to fix this and I decided one way, like, I need to let others in on this. I need to start communicating. So for the first time, like I started sharing with my boyfriend, what's going through my brain in these moments. And even if it wasn't a huge moment, just like, this is my doubt or insecurity right now. That's eating me away. I have this good friend, Megan, who, and we were good friends from college and we call each other, text each other, send a photo on the eighth of every month. (laughs) And It's just our way of keeping in touch. And um, she had sent like several voicemails like, hey, Shan, all's well here. Just hoping 
all is well with you too. And I didn't respond to her for months because I didn't want to tell somebody like, I'm not good. And I don't have enough energy to fake that I am good. And then finally I wrote her a letter that was just like, Meg, like, I'm not good, but I'm doing okay. I'm trying to get through it. Prayers will be great in the meantime. And I'll call you when I am. And that letter took me a step closer to eventually calling her. And Joe's like, I just even remember confiding in you and just letting you know that I'm feeling like I'm climbing up four different mountains at once <laughs> yeah. and just, you know, letting you in on like what I'm doing and like what I'm thinking. And I was vulnerable to share and I was vulnerable to let my friends in and my boyfriend in. And I was vulnerable for finally allowing myself to breathe and to put down that wall of defense, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. I, I remember that. I remember that so well. And and just feeling like I wanted to reach out to you so much. And, and I was so grateful that you shared that with me and that you're sharing this now. I mean, thank you so much for, for being vulnerable here, you know, and it's, it's a lot when you feel like, you know, you're enormous and your face is puffy because your heart is puffy and you're so lonely. I mean, I think that's, that's the part that has really stood out to me through your experience with this is just that you're going through all this really tough stuff that no one else can really understand because they're, they're not in your head and they're not in your heart and they, they just can't get to it. We can't fully understand what you're going through. So I'm just really proud of you and, and grateful that you did share those, those mountains that you're trying to climb and that you did begin to be vulnerable with me, with Megan, with your boyfriend, you know, I was really, really proud of you. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> so what do you think? Where do you feel like you found, I don't know, where do you think you found your biggest breakthrough moment? <laughs> <laughs> Whew. All right. Well, um, no, I think, you know, I'm not like hundred percent there yet, but when are we ever going to be? Good question. I think for me though, even in those moments of vulnerability of sharing and letting people in and being open I was still avoiding what I needed most. And I was still avoiding being truly vulnerable with myself because I needed therapy. Like I needed somebody to talk to. Like, it's so easy for me to call up, you know, my medical professional friends, but it's like so hard for me to say, I need more help. Like I said, it's still a healing process, but I think those really were the doors that opened up for me to be truly vulnerable with myself and to explore myself and to just even begin this healing process, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally hear you. And again, I mean, it's whew, how, how scary to be vulnerable, right? Like to have those conversations with the friends and I don't know. I mean, is it, is it worth it? Is vulnerability actually worth it? I mean, if our hearts have been wrung and broken and we've felt lonely and it's been scary, I don't know. There, there's that one side of it, which doesn't sound all that appealing, honestly. But then on the, on the other side, do we really want to lock, lock up our hearts in that coffin of our selfishness? I mean, what is it that we actually get out of being vulnerable? Yeah. I mean, let's look to Brene Brown for all the answers, right? So <laughs> yes, she says a quote that I just think is so essential. She, oh, here I am giving away the quote. She says, um, Vulnerability is neither comfortable nor excruciating, but it is essential. And I think she's totally right. Like, it's not impossible. And like, once you start doing it, you're like, 
it is doable. And the thing is like, it allows for so many opportunities for connection and love. And it allows us to perceive what we're worthy of receiving. And it just allows for us to ask for what we need and what we want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, that, I mean, that makes me think of my experience with vulnerability and in that breakup and that healing process, you know, I shared that I wasn't sure that he thought I was enough, but in that healing process and, and that experience on the beach with my friend and realizing that I needed to grieve and I needed to allow myself that time, I realized that it was, it was a struggle that I had to work through if I saw my own value, if I saw my own worth and, and in kind of, you know, going through that, I had to be vulnerable. It's like Brene Brown, like what you're saying, it's, it's that essential piece because even though it wasn't comfortable, it wasn't necessarily excruciating because I had to go through that in order to get to the other side. Um, yeah, and I, oh, sorry. I no, no, say, no, I like, love it. I think too, kind of like what we said earlier, like, yes, it exposes your wounds and your brokenness, but without vulnerability, you can't have joy and you can't have yeah. creation. You can't have some of the most awesome, most intimate moments in our lives without it. Yes. Yes. I totally agree with you. And I think, I mean, that's beautiful. That's the answer, right? I mean, even when you shared that the excruciating moment of the mountains with me, right? When you were, when you actually um, let me in on what you were experiencing with your anxiety, we were able to even get closer, right? Like we had this moment by you being vulnerable. It gave us more joy in our friendship. It gave us you know, it gave you more freedom. It, it gave us both this opportunity to really see the truth and to be able to kind of work through it. And um, I love what you're saying there. Yeah. For, for me to heal, for us to be vulnerable in friendships, at work, with our family members, the people we love, I think the more vulnerable we are, just the more joy we get out of life. Yeah. I love that. I do too. Um, and funny story, I love uh, the Brene Brown quote you're saying. It's it's not excruciating. Um, my dad took me and my mom up to Broadway a couple years ago. We we love to go up there and see different shows. And he took us to see The Addams Family. And <laughs> <laughs> I can just hear the theme song. The creepy and the goofy. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I, I cannot never... imagine your dad liking that. That's so funny. Well, you'll see why. It was very funny. So they had this hilarious scene where I don't even remember. What's the daughter's name? Do you remember her name? The Wednesday. Teenager? Wednesday, right? Wednesday? Yeah. yeah. Thursday, maybe. I don't know. No, <laughs> I think it's Wednesday. So Wednesday, I guess, starts dating this guy, and she invites her boyfriend over with his parents to dinner. And of course, as the, the audience member, you're thinking, oh my goodness, this crazy, weird family. What is she doing inviting these people over? And so the dad decides to play this game at the dinner table, and it's called Full Disclosure. And basically, he makes everyone around the table go around sharing one of their deepest, darkest secrets. And then after the story or secret is shared, they all sing, full disclosure. <laughs> and it's this like goofy, ridiculous thing that my dad and I now love to quote all the time. But the point is with vulnerability, it doesn't have to be full disclosure. It doesn't have to be this like excruciating moment. But it is, again, that bridge, that opening that allows the joy to come into our hearts. 
Right. Just letting people in a little bit at a time and then maybe eventually in a huge way. Yeah. 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 Well, I love how last week we kind of ended with a challenge and I thought it'd be cool if this week we ended with a challenge too. Mm. And to kind of go off of what you're saying, like full disclosure, it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be enormous. Um, I think just a really simple challenge could be when somebody asks you how you're doing this week, let them know how you're doing. Like, don't just say fine or good. Like Julie did on the beach uh, or, or when friends asked how I was doing. Like, I think that if you're just honest with, I'm tired, I'm getting lonely. I, whatever it is, you know, I think especially during these times of COVID-19, like we're all, we're all feeling different things. Um, and Hey, even some of us are living alone. Others have roommates. Others are missing family who are state, states away. And I think just reaching out to each other and honestly saying how we're doing can go a long way. One more funny thing. I, of course, with all this free time have been binging <laughs> every show I've ever loved. And of course, Grey's Anatomy is number one. Love and it. Thanks I for turning me on to it, Shannon. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, jaw-dropping moments, but the other day I was watching it and there's this quote in it and it said, a survey showed the typical adult says I'm fine 14 times a week, but less than one in five of them means it. Our default is to put on a brave face, but sometimes that's braver to admit that something's wrong. I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting because I, I can tell you the 18 times I've said I'm fine just since yesterday morning, you know, I don't know. I just think that's really interesting. So I think it'd be really cool if this week we dug a little deeper and let people in. I love it. Mostly, mostly I love that today we've quoted C.S. Lewis, Brene Brown, and <laughs> Grace Meredith Gray. <laughs> yes. The three the best, greats. The best. Oh man. Well, this has been so good talking about vulnerability with you, Shannon. It, um, it has not been excruciating and it has <laughs> uh, been a little uncomfortable, but definitely essential. So thank you all for listening. And I hope you've had your uh, fun cup of coffee with us. It's been really cool to just even begin this podcast process with you all. So if you have suggestions or topics or questions, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, feel free to comment here on our podcast on our website or email us at info at ourgirltalk.org. You can also follow us on Instagram at ourgirltalk. Feel free to comment and share. We'd love for you also to consider becoming part of our coffee house community. This is a place for you to build community, have deeper conversations, and grow personally and professionally. You can check us out on our website to become a giving member there at ourgirltalk.org slash community, or just check out our website, ourgirltalk.org. Thanks for getting vulnerable with us today and allowing us to share our stories with you. Good luck this week with letting people in, letting them know how you feel, and catching up on all your Grey's Anatomy episodes. Uh, we're sending you nothing but uh, good vibes and can't wait to hear what your courageous accomplishments are next week. Talk to you soon. Love Girl Talk. <laughs>